Inspiring Educators podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. This week, we have a special guest on the show, and it's just going to be me and the guest this week going to try something a little bit different. This week, we have none other than Carl Oliver. Carl, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Carl Oliver. I'm an assistant principal and a teacher in New York City, and I'm a member of the NCTM Publishing Committee. What's your social media handle, Carl? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Oliwitter. It's kind of like my last name and Witter smashed together. Spell it out for the guest, Carl. Yeah. C-A-R-L-O-L-I-W-I-T-T-E-R. Perfect. Thank you. And welcome to the show. This is Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your academic rock star. I say I'm your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. Let that sink in for a minute. I'm your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. You can reach me on all social media platforms at DRK Childs, at DRK Childs. Hit me up. Let's chat. Let's talk. Let's discuss. Hey, let's even have a disagreement because the whole thing is with the social media world, how do we communicate? How do we make the world flat in these communications? Because we all care about students. This week, as I stay in the onset, we got Carl on the show. Carl and I just recently left San Diego for the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics annual conference. With this conference, we both participated in something called an Ignite session. In the Ignite session, it says we'll enlighten you and make it quick. The Ignite is a five-minute talk. You get 20 slides that auto-advance every 15 seconds. So whether you're ready or not, you get your slides, and they automatically advance, and you do your talk in a, a large room. Check out on NCTM's website, the Ignite Talks. The Ignite Talk. We'll figure out a way to hashtag it or put it in the uh, podcast as far as the link it when you're listening to it so you know exactly where to go. But check out the Ignite Talks on the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics website. I go first. Call is midway through. And you're going to hear some interesting speakers and some interesting viewpoints. So what Carl and I thought about is, hey, we just did these Ignite talks. They were well received. Let's unpack the Ignites and just some of our thoughts, some of our impressions from the process, et cetera. So I'm gonna start off with Carl. Why did you participate in the Ignite? So I've been in the NCTM scene for a while. And one of the first things I got to do was an Ignite at the NCSM in Boston in like 2015. And after doing that, the, the experience of having all your slides like come at you and you can't click and control what's happening, it's like pretty, uh, pretty shocking. But after doing it, I always thought, man, if I ever get a chance, someone like decides to give me, give me a spot, I should try it because I thought it's a really good like learning experience. It makes you focus on what it is you're trying to say and to chip away all the extra stuff so that you can get all the information you need across in just five minutes. So when um, in the fall, I think they were putting the slate together and they were asking me to, to recommend somebody, I, I said, how, you know, how about why don't you try to put me on there? That was me, what about you? So for me, it was a little different. I literally got the email asking me to participate. And at first, I was going to say no to it just to because my schedule at NCTM is already jam-packed. And I participated in NCSM earlier in the week. 
And let's be honest, when you go to the annual conference, it's a long week. So what I thought about doing is declining the opportunity, but something in my gut said, hey, Chris, you've been asked to do the Ignite. Spend that extra five minutes at NCTM and do it. And I'm glad I took. Uh, I'm glad I actually did it because it was a fun experience and it was worth it, which leads us into as we think about this whole Ignite experience, because what's unique about NCTM, some places say, here's a theme, speak about the theme and your Ignite. NCTM left it open. Let's discuss, Carl, like when we think about our Ignites, I, I don't have a title for mine, ironically. A lot of people think I have a title. I don't even have a title for mine. But how did you choose your topic for your Ignite call? And then let me think while Carl is talking, like, I don't have a, t I literally do not have a title. I just think about how I'm going to frame the, the discussion, the conversation that, that I have for my Ignite piece. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, I think back and yeah, I don't remember what your title was. My title came um, pretty clear off the, off the start. The idea of uh, was math is more than a measuring stick. And I would think about that idea and then think, well, like, what does that mean? How can I, can I talk about this? Or should I talk about other, other topics in math? Maybe I should just talk about straight up math, like content. And then I eventually just came around to talking about the impact that like standardized testing has had on the way that people talk about the topic of math in general and finding a way to communicate that in just, a, just five minutes you know, with the slides that we have. I mean. So with that measuring stick, why did you use, in your presentation, people that have not seen it, make sure you go on NCTM's website and check it out. He actually has a measuring stick in the presentation to give you that visual example. So with that measuring stick piece, what did you want the audience to get from that? Um, the measuring stick, I thought, was interesting because it's two things. People have a, you can use a measuring stick to determine the the way some things rank against other things, and also measuring sticks that I remember are are used to like hit kids that don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, it's like a it's like a punishment, and I feel like that's the way a lot of people feel about math. I think they they come at it from a place of either like I did this well on this test, and so that's what I am. That's that's how I rank in society. You know, I, I got this score my SAT, so now I get to go to these colleges. Or they look at math and they say, I was punished. This was like a punishment for me. I got hit with this math score, and now I can't go to college. Or now I can't um, access these opportunities. Yeah, I like that connection in the presentation. He shows someone, like, getting hit with the ruler. And we're not, you know, we're not condoning hitting students with rulers. We're not going back to corporal punishment days. Well, some of our listeners probably went through that corporal punishment phase when you actually can paddle kids in the classroom, in the classroom and in the principal's office. Those, I don't want to say those were the good old days, but it happened. I think it's legal, or at least it was legal up until a few years ago in a lot of places. I want to say some, because we have to think a lot of people don't realize how big the U.S. is. It, a lot of things still occur in schools today that is in different places, especially some of your rural communities. So I think a lot of people only think about school in the context that they've experienced or their locale, but not realizing it's so much bigger than just them and where they're at. As we think about this choosing topics, 
like I said, for mine, there is no title. I was a lot of the work I do, I call it priming the pump. And when you're priming the pump, you're kind of just, you know, gauging. I call it gauging interest. I like to prime the pump with every talk that I do. And when I prime the pump, it lets me know, do I continue going this route or, hey, I'm not going to get the most bang for my buck. But I really want to start, and this is the first time I'm saying it publicly, a math revolution. And this is, and when you think about it from the political terms, this is not whether you're for, for Bernie Sanders or against Bernie Sanders. I'm not going into politics today on the show. But when you think about a grassroots movement, it be, that's how revolutions start. And not revolutions burn down. Some people want to burn down the math education world. I'm not, I'm not there. But I do want to start a revolution to spark us to do better, to spark us to change, and also to spark us to understand the true realities of the education system that we're in. So when I think about framing my talk, it, it, was, it, was, it was designed to prime the pump, to spark some change, but to, I, I'm really on this thing of a math revolution. And if you hear my talks 2020, they probably will be titled Math Revolution because I need us to join forces and work together to make it better. Too many times I think we want to just burn it down or don't want to do anything or just go on our own, but we have to work together to make things better. Which let us think about which let us think about and moves us into when we think about the Ignite. What were your thoughts, Carl? Let's go back into the night and not just unpacking the night itself, but just what is it like to do it? Because some of our listeners are like, what does it feel like before doing an after? What are your like, thoughts and emotions before you did your Ignite, during your Ignite, and then after your Ignite? Uh, I can give two examples because I did this before. The first time I did it, I remember thinking ahead of time, I was 100% thinking about what am I going to say? And I think the second time I was more thinking about how are people going to hear it? And like the first time I remember I would, I would basically sit by myself and go over my slides. The second time I would be talking to people and I'd be like, Hey, do you want to hear my ignite? Like ahead of time, I was, I was like, that's how I was preparing. Um, and I would, I gave it to three or four people that day and they all said, okay, this is good. And that part was clear, but you know, some parts might not be there. And, and there's, uh, just, to, um, just to go back and speak to your point about the revolution, like you're not going to have a revolution without people. And to have an opportunity to speak to that many people is really powerful. So I really thought, how can I like distill the ideas so that the people are going to hear what I think I'm, I'm trying to say and not just look at my slide transitions or, you know, my jokes or anything like that. And for me, it was a, a little similar, a little different. What I found unique about the Ignite, if you ever heard me speak, even on this show, I'm a freestyler. I hate, I would tell any, I hate scripts. And the reason I hate scripts is because I like to speak from the heart and I literally go off the energy of who I'm talking to or the audience. So the very first time I put my Ignite, presentation together I went through it and I realized oh man like you don't have a lot of leeway to freestyle because it's so structured I was like for this one I actually have to script it so it literally took me I dealt with that a couple of days of the fact I'm going to have to write down a speech which I promised myself I would never do I'm like Jay-Z when Jay-Z goes in the booth 
He goes off the dome, no writing. That's how I like to do my speeches and my talks, keynotes. I like to go off the dome, no writing, just here's a slide, but boom, whatever the audience is giving me, I talk about it. So for this one, it was scripted. Uh, before the Ignite, it was really just tweaking the script because I wanted every moment to be purposeful. During the Ignite, I just, if you watch me, I just feed off the crowd and I just go in a zone. So during the Ignite, I have literally, I'm in my zone doing my thing. I know Carl said he mentioned, you know, he, he practices at night with some close friends. I think you did with your classroom too, right, Carl? Yeah, I did it in front of my students. They thought it was cool. And for me, I did it in front of two people. I did it in front of two different people. I just, after I did it in front of them and we did it doing like a, a video conference, so it wasn't in person, and I saw their reactions, both times the reactions were similar. I said, all right, we got something. It was literally like, when an artist makes that new banger, whatever your favorite song is in the studio, and you play it mm -hmm. back and everybody's like, okay, that's the one. That's, I, I'm not being arrogant. Or I'm literally just saying, based upon their feedback, I'm like, we got, we got something special. We got, we got a hit. We got a hit. And it was just literally based upon these, their feedback, and they were two totally different people from different walks of life. But if I was like, if they feel it, I'm going to keep going. But they did not like it. I would have had a totally different ignite. So I definitely appreciate those two. I know they listen to the podcast for just giving me five minutes of their time to go through their ignite. So as we think definitely, about, go ahead, Carl, go. Yeah, definitely shout out to the people who are like listening, including the people like here, like my wife who sometimes like falls asleep during my talks. Like I get the feedback from her too sometimes. Uh, and yeah. I still, I also think that like each time I gave a practice, it's a little bit different. So I know you, you, you go off the dome like that. I'm, I'm curious. You did the two practice runs when you actually gave it. Was it, was there anything different or anything that you embellished? It was actually the same. So here's what's funny. The first practice run, it was off the dome. It was literally, I said, Hey, I just put this together. I'm just going to do it in front of you. It, it wasn't auto time and I went out the dome. It went well, but I was like, this is too much. Like it was too long and some parts didn't flow. The second time it wasn't off the dome, but it really, what I liked about the auto advance though, it made me be so concise in what I want to say. I couldn't really go into my story mode, which made me say, all right, what are my key points that I want you to gain from this slide? And with mine, each slide, has a deeper meaning so on the surface i gave you all one one talk i can go back and give that same ignite a different way same slides mm -hmm. to show you another hidden meaning and hidden level which makes me think about carl is there anything you would do differently with yours going forth like if you did it again same slides what would you do differently or would you change the slide yes i mean if i did it again i think this there's a lot of stuff that i would kind of you know, I did, if I had the ability to draw, I would have had actual people, but I, I don't, so that's why there's gray circles and that's the only thing you have represented. So that's, that'd be something I try to change, but I need more time. I think like what you said, if I had 20 minutes, same slides, I could actually have like a whole deeper talk. And I think that would be more, I could bring in like more evidence, more stories, 
and I did a lot of that actually on my blog. Like after I finished the talk, I was like, here's, here's all the thoughts that I had that goes into the talk that you can, you know, read about after the talk, like the different things that I read that went into it. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing the same for you. Right? So with your, before I jump into my piece, you mentioned a blog, tell our listeners, how can they access the blog? Right. This is the thing. You got to go to www.coast, the number two, coast.me slash Carl. Coast to coast, no, math ed, M-E, dot, uh, sorry, dot M-E slash Carl. And um, so that's how you get to the blog. And if you just scroll down there now, you can see a post about my Ignite Afterthought. Here's the idea for conference coordinators. What if we did this call? Let me know your thoughts. I just thought of this idea. You do your Ignite session, five minutes. And then the next day, you have an unpacked Ignite. Like you have different sk sessions scheduled the next day or the following day, where you take that five-minute presentation and you can make it into like a 60-minute workshop where you can have those deeper thoughts, those deeper conversations. So it's essentially the Ignite is just literally a spark. But if people resonated with that spark, they can come later in the week in the conference to see how do you unpack that spark and give them more. What do you think? That makes a lot of sense. I think after the Ignite, it's, it's like serving the buffet and then just sort of like, it's out there and then just looking at it. But people don't get a chance to like chew it up and you know digest it. Having more time would be good. The one idea might be to do it online, and that's kind of what happens with ShadowCon. The night before Ignite, there's ShadowCon. They have longer talks, and they also have a class associated with it. So I just got on a class with Dion from the ShadowCon that's like bringing back those ideas. If the, the conference organizers, I mean, it might be cool to do that in the conference in the moment so you can be in the same room with the people that you were listening with. I think that would give it more power and to really get to that deeper level. That would be really cool. And, and I think that leads to our final, final thought. Think about, Carl, what is your call to action? And after people watch your night or for the ones who have watched it, ultimately, what do you want people to leave with? That's a good wrapping up. What do you want people to leave with from your Ignite, your talk, the experience? What do you, what do you want to leave the people with? So the idea of the talk is, the way that some people experience math is, uh, is, is purely a tool for measuring themselves against other people. And I think we have to do the exact opposite of that if we want people to, to play. Here's the story. I actually didn't put this on the blog, so I'll just tell the story um, about animals who play fight. Animals play fight because, in part, the part of your brain that triggers the uh, flight or fight response, the amygdala, that part um, actually gets sort of like decreased, like turned off when you have a chance to play. And if kids are actually playing with math, they're going to reduce their, their fear of math and they're going to actually like be willing to, to engage in it. I mean, we want kids to engage in math because we want kids to solve these problems that the 21st century has given us. And we're not going to be able to do that if the kids see math and freeze up the same way that someone who got hit with the measuring stick frees up when they see the measuring stick. So I hope that we can think of ways to, to really get our kids to like embrace math and enjoy it and not view it as just like a measuring stick. 
so we really have to change the way we think about math and what mathematics is and also think about who who wants to try to own mathematics and my call to action is a little bit similar my thing was i want to push people to change i get so sick of hearing about there's an achievement gap this is happening all these problems almost cursed i don't curse these problems have been existed for a while in existence for a while i want to hear about possible solutions and solutions with the right people at the table, not just the same thought leaders and people that have been in power forever. When we think about solutions to these problems, we need a diverse group of people working together to develop solutions and actually act and do something. If you listen to my talk and you say it's a good talk and you do nothing, you literally wasted five minutes of your life. And it was a little longer than five minutes. I had a little trick at the very beginning of mine to extend the time, but you wasted that time. If you leave my talk and go out and want to do something, it was worth it. So if you have not heard the talk, go listen to it. If you have heard it, I want you to follow up with me. What are you doing? What are you doing to make it impactful, to make it resonate with you? Every week on Twitter, I'm doing something called Unpack the Ignite. So check me out on Twitter at D-R-K-C-H-I-L-D-S. Every week, I'm going to unpack a different slide. The 20 slides, I'm literally right now like week four. So I'm literally going to, I'm going to force you to have this discussion and keep it going forth. So call as I'm, I'm putting it out the call. I'm forcing people to change and to join this revolution with me. Any final thoughts, Carl? I think um, the, one of the big things about math in general is that it's like somebody else's domain and that it isn't, it isn't for us, it's for the mathematicians to figure out or the math teachers. But it's not. It's this. It's the thing that we should all feel like we're a part of. It's the same way that we all are part of it. We all use English. We all use the English language, and we feel free to comment on people if they're not using the language correctly. We should feel free to step up and say, "Hey, math isn't being taught in a way that like my community is experiencing well, or there are ways that we can do better." And and they, you shouldn't feel like that's not your domain or not your place to say that. And I leave the audience with this. Think about how you can use mathematics to make this world a better place. How can you use mathematics to change the communities in which you teach, the communities in which your students reside in? How can we use mathematics to make this world truly a better place for us to live in? This has been the Inspiring Educators Podcast. I thank Carl for joining us this week. We look forward to you tuning in next week. As I always say, we owe you tea. We out. Holla at us.